welcome to The Near Memo, a weekly conversation about search, social, and commerce. What happened, why it matters, and the implications for local. Welcome back to The Near Memo with David, Mike, and Greg, where we talk about local search, social, and commerce, and whatever else we're thinking about at the time. Um, Today is our 80th podcast episode, which is kind of an amazing thing. Uh, we just keep cranking them out and hopefully you're you're enjoying them. Uh, we're, we're on a bit of a tight schedule today. My bad, but nonetheless, let's get right into it. We're going to be talking about the Google Quick, Quick Read label. We're also going to be talking about more of Google's AI moderation and posts in this context. And then we're going to be talking about uh, the SEO failures of some uh, Google challengers in local. So I'm going to, I'm going to lead off with the quick read. I'm going to quickly lead off with the quick read label, which Brody Clark discovered, I believe this week. And it's, uh, in the SERP, Google is putting quick read, uh, underneath the, um, the description of the, of the URL. And I don't know if that has a designation of, you know, X minutes or less. It probably it did. does. It was five minutes or less. It was five minutes. minutes. Okay. And so there's been some discussion about whether or not this is going to lead to clicks and whether ultimately Google will rank anything on the basis of this. I mean, it's a test clearly, and Google hasn't rolled anything out. But it was kind of fascinating to me in the context of the uh, helpful content update. So so I've, I'm seeing a number of things that Google is doing through the lens of a lot of the criticism that Google has received over the last 24 months. You know, the results have gone downhill. Um, you know, all the TikTok discussion about, you know, Gen Z not wanting to wade through all these Google results, not wanting to take the time, the inefficiency of of looking through search results. And so uh, the inauthenticity of search results. And so I, I see the helpful content update through that lens, even though I'm sure that's not the driving, single driving uh, consideration. So quick read is just really interesting because there's some tension in my mind between quick read and helpful content update. Although you can have very well-written uh, short content as of course all our newsletters are. <laughs> Had to get that self-congratulatory <laughs> remark in there. Very, very our, slick, very slick. Yes, our newsletters are all under four minutes. So they should be ranking very high in Google coming up. Uh, it's just, it just seems to me to be in conflict on some level, right? I mean, helpful content is gonna be thorough, rich, authentic, EAT and quick read is often the stuff that's generated by AI or perfunctory content just designed to to rank, although that's not exclusively true. So so I know Google does millions of tests all the time and they're just looking to see probably what the reaction is and how people respond. But I, I see it as a, it's a kind of a fascinating thing. I, I certainly would probably click on some of those stories because time is something that we're all under, you know, we, we, everybody's time is under pressure. And so if you can get the same information more quickly, you're going to tend to prefer that, I would think. What are your thoughts? Well, my first thought is it's an interesting way to segment searchers and help them land on what they're looking for without them having to go to the page and bounce. So in some ways, it improves searcher experience. It improves the well time. So if you, if you know it's a short read, you're going to go over there and look and read through it. Well, um, assuming there, assuming that there's there's some substance there because they might go to it, see right. see nothing and bounce on that. Exactly. Basis. You wonder. It's like I'm certainly hopeful that it impacts restaurant or 
cooking reviews, which have become totally Oh, my God. Useless, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> War and I, peace. <laughs> um, but so it's not clear whether it's a positive or a negative. It's not clear to me what segment of the population it appeals to. I mean, it could be like you that many people just want to get in, get out and be done with it. And being alerted to that is a helpful thing that would help the website and help the user. But uh, I, I don't know. I see it as in a more neutral vein. I don't see it as necessarily part of it. I just see it as a way of helping users find what they're looking for. But I, don't you think that there's going to be a bias in almost every single case, except for somebody who, you know, is doing very self-consciously doing you know, more extensive doing their research. own research. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yes. Right, well, it has exactly. become very difficult to do research on Google, right? I mean, yes, you, it has. Right. So, if you're looking for in-depth stuff, it it is hard. And I've learned, for example, in exploring this new nasal spray out of Israel, that you have to use technical terms and uh, you know efficacy, those kinds of things. And um, and what nasal spray in particular is this, Mike? Um, it's called. Enovid, and it's a nitric oxide spray that has been approved for over-the-counter sale in Israel to re and it dramatically reduces viral load in the nasal oh, passageway, uh -huh. either pre-COVID or post-COVID. It, it apparently, in all the research I've seen, indicates that uh, healing rates are reduced by three days and prevention is quite good. And it's available in Israel. Now, I don't trust Israel on a lot of things, but I trust their science. And so <laughs> I'm going to Europe. I was exploring whether this might be a viable prophylactic. And I didn't want a quick read. I wanted the research. I wanted to see the stage three research. And it was hard. I had to rejigger my queries repeatedly with more and more technical phrases to get to the real substance. To get to the, you could get to news stories pretty quickly. I could get to news stories, but I couldn't get anything else. Right. So, mm -hmm. so there's some value, I think if, if there, it was an ambiguous query and some of the stuff is summary stuff and some is more detailed and maybe a way of mixing it on the page and delivering more accurate content all the way around. And thank yeah, you. I would our, almost see. Thank you to our ahead, sponsor, Greg. Novartis. <laughs> I was going to say, stay tuned for our spinoff podcast, Dr. Mike. <laughs> yes, that's right. Ask Dr. Mike. Exactly. I've, I've uh, read more I, science over the last two years than I read my whole life. <laughs> I'm not a doctor, but I'm interested in science. Maybe I should run for Senate. Yes, indeed. That's right. All right. Okay, David. If, I was just going to say that in all seriousness that I think you bring up a good point that there might be a flip side of this as well, like quick read or in-depth read. Um, that can help disambiguate the query like in the SERP without asking the user to go back and do these four and five and six uh, sort of parameterized searches based on what what the tech, what the more academic papers are including as, as keywords. What, so what happens in the middle to the middle read the middle that middle not be, middle middle way? Why well, that may not be useful content. It may not be helpful content. Um, I think that that's a I think that that is a, a very, um, what would I say? I, I, I think that that is a possible outcome of, of the helpful content update is that if you're not a true expert writing a really deep piece or you're not a really good editor like Greg Sterling and your media newsletter, and you're, you're able to condense a lot of it, a lot of dense information into something that is a, a real summary, that people, what is the audience for sort of mid-length, mid-level expertise content? I'm not sure there is one. Yeah, maybe. I mean, um, there, there is <laughs> lawyers a, also... writing, lawyers putting out gibberish <laughs> on their website. 
there's there's also this there's also this sort of perfunctory seo kind of uh mindset that still exists in certain corners where it's you need x number of words in order to rank right exactly yeah so they may be trying to break that uh you know they've always argued against that google's always said don't don't do that um there's no formula and they may be trying to one one objective may be trying to break that but let's Let's move on to you, Mike, in which we are going to be talking about um, something that I think you you raised last week, which was uh, Google's content moderation, AI moderation, and this time in the context of Google Posts, right. what's what's going on? So spending a lot of time in the forum, as I've told you, and one of the frequent, I think I calculated was roughly 4% of all posts, complaints is posts being rejected and the small business owner having no clue why they were rejected. Now, as I dug into it, I discovered several things. Two months ago, Google issued new guidelines around images for posts that they couldn't be repetitive, used previously. And there was also a quality issuance. They couldn't be blurry and that sort of thing. And Google apparently started implementing that without telling anybody, but the posts would just show up as rejected. Um, also, this happened quite a while ago. Google implemented an AI-first approach to moderation around racy images and spoofed images and gun images um, and just rejected all of those. And then on top of that, those reasons for rejection, there was apparently a bug where, I don't know, over the last two weeks, virtually everything was rejected, although it was still showing up in the profile. So the business would have to know that there's three reasons for rejection and would have to go and check their profile to see if the image was there. And if it was, great, don't worry about it. Or they'd have to know that it was, you know, a repeat image, but Google didn't, or that they would have to be able, capable of driving it through the AI and seeing if the image was racy. Small businesses aren't capable of any of that. And Google provided no escalation process, nor any communication. Uh, they just rejected these. So businesses flooded in. Why is my post rejected when I pointed out that the picture of three old farts sitting around a table podcasting was classified as racy. They, you know, threw up their arms in disgust and couldn't figure out how they were going to post anything in the future. So it's like, here's a situation where Google could have provided an avenue for uh, escalation. They didn't. They could have provided an explanation on some of them. This is blurry. This is a repeat. Those wouldn't hurt anybody to do that. Wouldn't, you know, uh, or this is racy even, you know, wouldn't hurt anybody to do that, but they don't. They just weren't, weren't, reject weren't they doing? Weren't they doing that with suspensions at one point, telling you, giving you some rationale for that? Uh, only in the very briefest forms. Suspensions are way up in the forms too. Uh, you know, there's probably 3,000 suspension requests, uh, unsuspension requests in the form. Google is, has a, uh, an escalation process there. It's supposed to be three days. It's now over four weeks. Nobody's hearing back. It's like throwing this stuff into a deep hole. And so there though, there is an escalation process, but it isn't working because it's not properly staffed. They crank up the algorithm. So, but the thing with posts is, you know, you gotta be a rocket scientist to get a post up and to get it to stick. And then when you don't, there's no avenue. It's just an example to me of Google not providing adequate context nor a path for resolving it. Well, so, so I should mention, you know, for, I'm, I'm always trashing uh, Facebook on, uh, you know, in the newsletter uh, to varying degrees, depending on the story. 
And I, I, they, they recently said they were going to invest and create uh, customer service, beef up their customer service, or create a new a new group around customer service for content uh, suspensions or or content takedowns. And you know, we'll see how that plays out. I don't know if that will manifest in a in a sort of a local or digital marketing context as opposed to like controversial posts that people put up. But I mean, they they deserve some credit at least for the intention to create create that. We'll see. We'll see what actually happens. But I, my I, my thing is, if you're going to go AI first, okay, maybe it's cost effective, but then you still have to put in place guardrails for the AI process so that businesses don't waste their time, you know, searching in vain for an answer to a question that they never had. A- absolutely, but. I mean, it seems like Google, you know, Google's been around since how long? 1998 or 97 or something. So I think their MO is very well established at this point. You, you think I'm piss, <laughs> pissing into the wind, as it were. All yes, right, in, in, a, in a word. In a word, <laughs> yes. I mean, we, of course, agree. But all right. So, so David, did you want to say anything more about that item before we head, head to your uh, talking just a Just a quick aside that this is, as you guys just said, established like this is this is this is known google behavior at this point and yet there's still this confusion uh bewilderment on the part of many higher ups at google why aren't we able to get smbs to adopt google business profiles why aren't they using them like facebook profiles etc cetera, etc cetera. and i don't think that this is so widespread that it's turning off all small business owners but it's just indicative of google's just sort of navel gazing product focus without actually realizing the real world implications of what their products in the wild are doing and having any empathy for the business owners who are trying to use them. So the empathy side is true, but I realized over the last month that there, that Google has become the uh, first place that many new businesses are going now. In fact, I talked to a, a small, a landscaper yesterday and he said, you know, we used to go to Yelp, we used to go to Facebook, but now all my friends and I search on Google. It's like Google first. You know, I created a new profile. Google immediately buried all the reviews that I was getting. Why is that happening? So there is this trend in these, and I'm seeing a lot of these in the forum of new businesses trying to get on Google and Google's algorithms punishing them for being new, which is an interesting uh, sort of sidelight there. So the businesses have recognized the value, the new businesses. Google has yet to empathize with the reality of that. That's totally true. Okay, David, let's move to you. The third and final item today, which is about the, in your mind, failure of key Google competitors to rank in Google and organically acquire audiences. So what's Yeah, just, uh, sure. So uh, this sort of came about in my mind based on the the story about the Nextdoor favorites that you mentioned. I think it was in one of last week's newsletters where Nextdoor is awarding, I think it was $500 in free ad credit. I mean, it's a nothing award. It wasn't, it wasn't anything that would actually help the business. Um, good PR ploy from, from Nextdoor to get mentioned with all this, you know, positive brand association. But um, at any rate, that story sort of got me thinking, wouldn't these be amazing pages that, you know, top 10 auto repair shops in Portland, the top eight Mexican restaurants in the East Bay, you know, those kinds of pages would be absolutely phenomenal to rank in localized search results, which 
pretty much every business in the Nextdoor ecosystem is going to be related to a localized query. And it just strikes me, I've, I don't think I've ever seen nextdoor.com rank for a category search in nope. a Google search result. I, and I would say the same of, you know, we've, we've all talked in the last couple of podcasts about the rise of TikTok and, you know, Google's fear of TikTok stealing users and all of this stuff. And yet it doesn't seem to me that TikTok has any thought of stealing Google users while they are Googling. Uh, I've never seen a TikTok URL rank in any kind of Google search result. And per perhaps the biggest offender, uh, one that has had the most established market share uh, and the most consumer usage by far would be Instagram. And was talking about this the other night uh, with, with a friend at dinner and just think of the number of categories where Instagram would probably be the absolute most useful, highest engagement type of result. I mean, if I want to see, you know, hotels in Thailand or golf courses in Ireland or those kinds of queries that are very high dollar, uh, you know, very, very competitive travel, travel queries, um, potentially high dollar value consumer electronics type of queries, all of these things, Instagram should absolutely dominate with, with curated hashtags and that sort of thing. And they just don't. And there just seems to be a complete failure of very senior leadership at all of these companies to understand that, hey, if you want to you know, start to increase your market share, particularly at a competitor's expense, you already have all of this incredible domain authority. You just need to be putting together a real SEO strategy. And theoretically, all three of those sites should at least be competitive with Yelp, if not outrank them in just about every market um, for the terms that they that where their content already exists. They don't even have to go to the effort of creating content. They just need to do a better job of categorizing it and helping Google find it. So, Well, Google itself is trying to index more TikTok videos, but not in the context of local local results, um, just in a sort of a generic entertainment sort of context. And my experience with Instagram as a user, not an Instagram user, but as a searcher, for some reason I had to click on something that was Instagram and required login. I can't see anything until I log in. Right. It's like exactly. a very annoying experience for somebody who doesn't even remember their login. Well, so, so next door is really the one, I mean, notwithstanding the longevity of Instagram um, and sort of TikTok's ascendancy, next door is really the one that should be doing this. And, and, and they did in fairness to them, they have said publicly that we're, investing more in SEO and they, they presumably they're aware of the opportunity, but what you're describing sort of these best of landing pages, I don't know if that's on their radar, but I, I mean, Yelp, I haven't you, seen, yeah, you I, haven't I seen it for anything. Morning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was just, and I was just on there this morning and I'm on the next door Portland page and there's, there's not even any categorical links to hardware stores or well, it's, it's, whatever, it's a all very, these very bad, local business types that, yeah. It's a very bad user experience. I mean, that was my point. Is that is that is that they're they're trying to promote themselves as a destination for these local business lookups, and it's a really bad user experience. And they've said, you know, we're gonna the discover tab is gonna evolve over time, but but they I don't want to discover. I don't want a feed. I want a you know very well, very well structured directory. Sure. Okay. F same same thing. Is that 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 the that you can read in less than five minutes. Yes. Okay. Quick. <laughs> Best plumbers in Portland, quick read. <laughs> they, they, they really should. They, they really should be owning more and more local search queries, and they should be diverting people to Nextdoor as a destination. 
but it's not happening. And, yep. you know, maybe they've got some whiteboard, which shows a migration to a completely different, more utilitarian UX, but it's, it's, it's a, they're, they're just failing right now, you know? And uh, it's, it's, it's kind of depressing to me, not that I'm a big next door partisan, but I really think that they have an opportunity, which they're, they're not capitalizing on. Um, and and, sure. I think and I, I'm not a next door partisan either. In fact, I'm fairly anti next door, given my previous experience as a user, just uh, like I actually don't want to be in all of my neighbors conversations. That said, an alternative to discover new businesses that isn't Yelp and isn't Google yep. business profiles, I would be a huge user of that. Yep. So and Nextdoor has all of this rich content around, you know, the the testimony. I don't know what their word for it is, but essentially testimonials of these businesses. I mean, they've got just such deep content. Yep. Uh, they theoretically they've already got the taxonomy in terms of businesses claiming themselves and all that. And they just are doing not, literally not, nothing. And in fact, are you know shooting themselves in the foot in so many cases. With Well, this this is one of the keys search. to their this is one of the keys to their their survival over the long term is really making Nextdoor. I mean, it can, Nextdoor can be a lot of different things, but really making Nextdoor a top of mind, just a direct, you know, a branded search destination for these okay. kinds of local home services, but other other things as well. I mean, a, a, all for all the reasons that you said, and because my one of my favorite themes is trust, because these other sites are losing trust because of fake reviews, because of all these other fact, you know, anonymity, lack of authenticity, whatever. And, and, and Nextdoor has authenticity, you know, comparable to TikTok in a different way. Nextdoor has a lot of authenticity and trust, or at least among some people that could be leveraged to use the overused word, but it's, it's, it's mysteriously not taking place right now. So well, in closing, if anybody wants information on nitric oxide nasal spray, just let me know. Brought to you by use, use the affiliate code Blumenthal15 to save 20% <laughs> yes, on your we, order. <laughs> we, may, we may make make uh, money off of some of these affiliate links down below uh, if you click on them. But we assure you that we're totally independent. There is no conflict of interest. <laughs> well, I do want my friends to not get COVID. So yes, that's that. good. It's good to know about. We'll, we'll, so we'll devote a portion of each going forward, each new podcast to new medical discoveries and health tips from Dr. Mike. There we go. All right. All right so thanks, thanks for listening, everybody. Yes, thanks. And weekend. see you next week. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for joining David, Mike, and Greg. To stay on top of the latest developments in local, subscribe to our newsletter at nearmedia.co. We'll see you next week.